all right, cats and dolls, birds and warnings, ladies and gents, and however you identify. First and foremost, if you hear me chewing, it's, it's because I'm eating. I know that's unprofessional being a podcast, but it's dinner time and I'm hungry. But uh, we are back with another episode of the Invincible Bad Report with Evan, the third host, who is myself, and I'm as and I'm joined by I'm joined by, as always, my co-host Garrett. What's going on, boy? Tough, man, what a roller coaster of an introduction that was. Yes, <laughs> I think I, I think I may have had a stroke. This, this year. <laughs> oh man, then Wang's hitting different right now. Yeah, yeah. So as, as you said off air, I think we both will agree that the underdog in a wing game is rallies or checkers in some areas. It, it really is, man. Like I. You said they were a little high priced. I didn't think they were high priced. Bro, if I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. When you get the boneless wings, it's like six bucks, and you get like ten of them. That's not bad. For bone in, it's five ninety nine for five, and then it's like oh, that's not good. Yeah, ten ninety nine for uh ten. But if you want different flavors, like you, you can't get a ten piece and say I want five of these and five of these. You got to order two five pieces. And it and it costs more. I mean, that's one. That's that, like, bro. yeah, that's like the only downfall. <laughs> yeah, but they got. I've tried a couple of their flavors. My favorite that slaps is that stinging honey garlic. I think is what it is. Yeah, you know I've what heard. I'm about? Yeah, I, I heard about that, and I thought it was a skit. Like this can't be real. Who wants honey and garlic at the same damn time? Bro, you want to talk about underrated honey? Honey is the most underrated thing on the planet. I'm telling you. Hmm. I, you know, I've been eating honey and peanut butter jelly. No, not peanut butter jelly. Just honey and peanut butter sandwiches all day. So good. That's good. Especially um, if it's almond butter. Almond butter? Yeah, look. Almond peanut butter? You swimming in money? <laughs> I, I got that jiff. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I am getting that Trump underemployment check. <laughs> So I kind of am. <laughs> this dude can buy almond butter now. Look at this guy. <laughs> I can barely hun- afford the honey. <laughs> I-, I was going to say, honey is not cheap. Honey is so expensive. But, dude, I'm telling you. I wish it, it needs to be incorporated in more things. It doesn't get the recognition it deserves. Honey is good, um, but never by itself. Honey is one food I cannot have by itself. I, I need something oh. to accompany it. Accompany it. No way. You can you pop open that little bear, that honey bear. I can just drink it. Can't do it. it, it it's sweet, but not sweet. It's, it's sweet and kind of bitter to me at the same time. I'm not bitter, but it, it's 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 super sweet. But I guess the flavor by itself tastes like bee cum. How how I, I would imagine bee cum would taste. I would jerk off every bee on the planet. <laughs> Tell you that much. Put that shit in my mouth. I'm Winnie the Pooh for that honey. Give me it. But honey, in my opinion, shouldn't be on things that aren't. It shouldn't be accompanied with, with things that aren't sweet, like a wing, for example, that has garlic on it. No, I'm t- try it. It it all, it all it really does is make it a little sticky. It's a little sweet though, and plus they um they put a little heat on those ones too. Okay. So it kind of like meshes really well with that. But yeah, I fucking love it. Shit, shit, like my boss had me try. At a Panda Express, cause like, that's right by my job. Um, it was, it was like chicken, but it had peppers in it and pineapple. 
that shit was terrible. I mean, it's good. It was so bad. Sweet fire. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I it think so, it's a sweet fire chick. I know you're talking about. It is shitty. It's super shitty. It was so bad, I wanted to throw it in his fucking face. <laughs> just angry that you even brought up. You broached the subject of me trying. Right. That shit was bad. No, I've tried that. And I'm pretty sure that's like a premium one. So they charge you like $2 extra for it. And it is not fucking good. The only premium one I'll pay at Panda right now, they got a black pepper steak. Bruh. It's fucking... That shit, that shit is so good. Yes. And, and then I'm like, okay, is Panda Express? It can't be that good because like the fucking Panda Express in, in the Saginaw Mall is trash. But that Panda Express, it's like fine dining. It's gourmet they, flavors. They do. They hit every single time. Yeah. I've never had a bad plate from them, from that Panda. But uh, and, yeah, the one in Saginaw is bad. I mean, like, the quality of the noodles is so much superior than the ones that, in the food court. <laughs> it's crazy, man. It it's is so crazy, good. bro. I, and during quarantine, they uh-huh. were doing this uh, $20 family meal. I just ate it myself because I'm fat as <laughs> fuck. But no, I, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not a fan. It was three, like, large entrees and two large sides. Damn. For 20 bucks. That's a good deal. You know, like, the big Chinese boxes? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So three of those things, man. Wild, twenty bucks. That's a damn good. Deal. I mean, because like a meal by itself is like close to ten. Mm-hmm. So like a family of four, which is what I am. We all like <laughs> shit. Probably for two days, you got like some small kids. Oh yeah, you, you usually have leftovers for sure. Damn. But this is not a food and cooking show. This is uh, we show. should have one. <laughs> we should, yeah. That's not that's not a bad idea actually. Absolutely. This is. Mm-hmm. This is the show where we uh get together to talk about what is arguably the best superhero comic book in the history of superhero comic books, and that is, of course, Invincible. So this is probably, hopefully, knock on wood, the last time that we will do um uh via Skype recording for, for the show, unless we get really busy and can't and can't, and can't get together because they are lifting a lot of the fuck shit today as we record and then even more on Monday. Well, hopefully we'll be able to get together and make the little... Hopefully it'll sound better too. I don't know how it's been sounding on Skype, but hopefully it sounds better. Oh, uh, not bad actually. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. I know we've had some trouble with it, so I wasn't sure how it was turning out. Yeah, um... Now, honestly, um... Some of that trouble might have been on my end because, um... Since you've been in the studio... I consulted with the uh, Podcast Network's technical advisor, Randy, and he told me to get, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> wings, he told me to get, uh, what do you call it, not not an auxiliary cord, but the cord, you plug it to your router and then plug it directly into your computer. Oh, just an Ethernet cord. Yes, thank you. So I, I got that now, and like my recordings has been, have been a lot better. I haven't had any drop-offs at all. Um, I... I did one video recording, it was decent, but hopefully I'll get, like, another interview coming up to where, like, I can actually see, see like, how that works. That's um, good. Yeah, so I doubt that we'll have that problem anymore. Granted, you were the only person I had problems with, really? But, but like, this time, it's perfect. But I don't know. It could have been my shit, too. I don't know. But um, one last thing before we get to business, uh, 
as I get to every time on all of the shows. If you'd like any any content from this show, um, especially speaking of Invincible, uh, I did do an unboxing of one of the only Invincible action figures on the YouTube channel. So to go to YouTube, type in True Stories Based on Fiction, you'll see our <clears throat> our, our channel. And just go ahead and subscribe, do all that fun shit, and watch a video. We do videos there that are released as of now every Monday. And also with that show, starting two weeks from now, knock on wood, then nothing bad happens. But you should be seeing more videos with me and Randy actually in studio and on set. And I think when I get the energy <clears throat> to address some of the kind of concerns, well, I guess not really concerns or complaints, some of the... uh suggestions i'm probably going to take out the uh glass on all of those pictures in on set those paintings and so hopefully that cuts out the glare and i also bought three more paintings too oh from that same guy um okay so now with all of that shit out the way uh what volume are we doing today man it should be volume five volume five okay i'm almost five yeah, we did one, two, three. Then we did four. Uh, yeah, this should be fine. Okay, so since I hope you have. because so, that's what I got in front of me. Actually, um, we're going to test something out. If this drops off, I'll call you right back, but I'm going to see if I okay. can get on the internet here. It looks like I can't spar. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we're going to see if, if I can and pull up SoundCloud and, and see what what we did last. But I think you're pretty much correct. But I just want to make sure. And for the people in the audience, and also for me, because I forgot. But as it as it as it uh, goes right now, you are completed. You have completed all of, of the volumes that that I gave you, right? Yes. Just finished volume eight like two days ago. So now all that you have left is. The compendium, I think. Yep. We might be on volume four, bro, because um, the last one was part three, episode 148. Um, Are you sure? Yes. Yep. It says we discussed volume three of the Invincible Ultimate Collection. And unless we record it and, like, I didn't put it out. Yeah, I don't think you put You must not have put it out yet because three you have there. Right, right. You have volume three there, don't you? Uh, yes. Yeah, and we, we did. We volume did one, four, which is here. Yeah, I, I was in front of it, so I know we did that one. So we we should be on five. We are on five. So yeah. So I thought that we didn't have one in the can, but apparently we do. Yeah, yeah. We just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we're good. We're on five. We're good. Yep. So uh, I I can almost guarantee by the, the by the time this one comes out, we're definitely. Uh, we'll be out of quarantine. <laughs> oh, for sure. Cause this, yeah. So I didn't. Yeah. So you're absolutely correct. We definitely have one in the can. It's coming out next week. So this is going to be technically July's episode. So by August, we'll probably be. By August episode, we'll definitely be in the studio again. <clears throat> you know, the inside sleeve of this volume. It says they were breaking sales records with this. With um, Invincible. I don't believe that. That sounds like Cap, as the kids say. It says, the title is now considered a sleeper hit with each new issue setting a sales record for the title. Oh, for, becoming, for its you know, own self. 
Uh, yeah, that's probably true. Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Okay. Not like sales records for the whole industry for, for itself, which is also rare that a book actually goes up in sales after, like, issue, I think, 12 or some yeah. shit. So, like, that is a, a, an accomplishment. But, uh, okay, um... So, what is Volume 5 about? Because, again, it's not in front of me. <clears throat> so, Volume 5. I'll read the back here. Okay. Um, When did we leave off on Volume 4? What was that? Bro, I, I didn't even remember that we did Volume 4, so I have no fucking <laughs> idea. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I, I don't think I... You know, he had that shit going with Eve, where they finally kissed, hooked up a little bit, and then she found out that the, um, Levi, Levy, whatever his name is, Armstrong? Armstrong, yep. Levy Armstrong, Levi Armstrong. Whatever yeah. name you want to pronounce it. In my head, I think I said Levi. Um, he sent him kind of in different time dimensions, and then he saw that um, uh, Eve and him and how broken she was that they never got together. Mm. So then he got together with her in this timeline, and then she found out about that and he's having really issues with that. So that's kind of where they're at. Oh, wait, wait. He... Had- Eve had issues because she felt like taken advantage of, because like he knew that how she, she felt, felt about like him. He was only with her because she wanted her to be okay. Oh, okay. Not because he actually wanted her. I remember that now. Okay, yep, yep, yep. Okay. And the front cover, uh, spoiler alert for this episode, the front cover actually has the new costume for Invincible on there. So this mm-hmm. is the this this volume debuts the new costume for Invincible. The uh, Nightwing costume. Yeah. As you call it, the last time I think. Yep. Which I think is my favorite costume. You, oh, really? Yep. But you prefer the OG, but, okay, now, sidebar, tangent. Do you prefer the OG OG costume, or when he goes back to it, it makes, like, some uh, changes to it? Like, I think he either took out the open fingers or put, or added. Uh, he did open fingers and no knee pads. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, I like the OG. OG's always been my favorite hmm. when, when reading through this. I don't know if it's just like... I mean, at first I was like, the black and blue looks actually pretty sweet. Uh, but the yellow and the blue just pops, man. Yellow does pop most of the time. Like, like the, That's why it, 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 on our logo, I, it's, it's fucking yellow and blue. Because like the yellow right, pops. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then, actually, the cover. So the cover has him in the new... Suit, and then you see the debut of Omniboy too. Mm-hmm. Uh, his brother. Good old Oliver. Oliver got his own costume, and I think they called him Omniboy in the beginning. Yeah. So I believe that costume. Or, or was the kid Omni Man? Oh shit! It might be Kid Omni Man. He goes through a couple names. I think he does. Yeah. I think Omniboy was one. Kid Omni Man was one. But he goes through a couple. Because um, Robert Kirkman has said that he kind of based uh, that character on a character from a book called Marvel Man in the UK, but then when it came to America, he because of Marvel Comics, he changed to Miracle Man. And Miracle oh, okay. Man was essentially like a Captain Marvel ripoff, which is also like a Marvel thing that they got sued of. But essentially, the guy's name was Mark uh, oh, Mick Moran or Mark Moran, and when he said... Kamito, something like that, which was uh, uh, which was atomic backwards. He turned to his art, his alter ego. Then, then he had Kid Miracle Man, and then um, they got sent to like a different dimension or something like that for years. And 
But when Kid Miracle Man did it, he was in his Kid Miracle Man guise. So, like, he never grew up. But he, he his, his mind aged, but his body didn't. Something like that. But essentially, that kid comes back and he becomes Miracle Man's enemy. And, okay. uh, and he's really crazy. And, uh, Robert Kirkwick always kind of put planted seeds that Oliver could be evil. So, like, he kind of based the right. character off of that. And, um. You can kind of see that in some, some of the story. Yep. For and sure. he's so fucking powerful. As a matter of fact, man, if I can track it down in print, it, although it's a heavy read, uh, Miracle Man might be, uh, be like a good book for you to read. Yeah, I'd be interested in that. Oliver's a pretty cool character. Yeah. It's interesting to see, like, a different take on that, where he's just kind of like, super powerful, but like, everybody else is beneath him a little bit. Yep. Just because the way he ages and everything like that. He, yeah, because he has so, to me, uh, this is gonna be like a, uh, like reference that I know, I know that you'll get, and hopefully people, any audience will too, cause like this is a nerd show, obviously. But he kind of reminds me of Vegeta a little bit. I gotcha. Yeah, that, that makes, that makes sense. Cause he kind of has a chip on his shoulder cause he knows who his father is, and like he's not really that against the, Viltrumites in it, and like he's kind of fighting. He has that internal struggle of not being like his blood. So it's like nature right. versus nurture, and something that Mark doesn't really go through. Right. Yeah. Because like in the beginning, like Oliver here, like his his whole thing is he's not really attached to anybody. Exactly. Like he doesn't really get. He doesn't really understand why, um, like they're being so cautious with like human lives. He thinks they all kind of suck. Yep. Because he's not human. He's humanoid. Yeah, he's human. But he's have Vitramite and have Cricket and people. <laughs> and Cricket. Yeah, so he, like, he, he's just aging differently, and he doesn't really understand the connected piece, because they only live for, like, nine months on that planet, so yep. they don't really make that super deep connection. Which is also, also kind of... Yeah. Uh, which is also kind of dumb, though, because he still grew up on Earth, because he was a baby, right, when he uh, came to yep. Earth, right? So yep. how, and and then since you're fresh and you're reading this, maybe you can tell me, why does he keep, and how does he keep so much of his culture when he was raised on, on our planet? They have like a, he just remembers everything from the day he was born. Oh, okay, okay. So like, it doesn't, it, when he came out, it, like, as soon as he was born, he could understand and remember everything that was happening. Dropped out the push like he's been here before. Yep, he ready to go. So he and, um, remembers everything, so. Now, on volume five, didn't he kind of seem like his tutor was going to fuck him? Yeah, they had that weird, I, I think it was either four or five. I think it was five that they had in there. Like, there's just this weird, like, this teacher's gonna fuck this little baby. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, in, in volume five, he's probably like, I don't know, he's 13-ish? probably like, yeah, really around like if that, 11, 12 yeah. range. He's still, I mean, still very weird. It was still yeah. a very weird vibe, but I definitely felt like, I don't know if Kirkman's gonna push it this far, but it feels like he's trying to hint that this, uh, tutor is going to fuck this little kid. So, uh, I think I've told you this, but my goal for this show is to get someone from the creative team on here. It probably won't happen because uh, 
Ryan Otley is busy drawing Spider-Man, and I don't think I've ever heard a podcast interview with him on it. And, of course, Kirkman, he's super fucking busy. But oh, yeah. I'm going to try. And one question I want to ask either of them is if that was actually something that they were planning on doing, and why they didn't do it. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that they didn't. Yeah, but why even put the seeds there? It was... and I, Or if that wasn't even intentional. Maybe it wasn't even intentional, but nah, we bruh. We, exactly. Different times, and we both felt that. <laughs> yeah. So it was, I don't know what it was. But. He definitely put that shit in there, bro. There's no way, like, there's no way that you and I both saw that. And, <laughs> like you said, different, like, years apart. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't see how it couldn't be intentional. I don't know. But he never did anything with it, so I, yeah. maybe he just, I don't know. So the way he wrote the shit. He's like, I'm not trying to have them fucking kids. <laughs> you sound just like him, actually. <laughs> I'm Robert Kirkman. I'm from Kentucky. <laughs> He's from Kentucky? Yep. Maybe he was trying to have a fuck kid. I don't know. And that's a good point. Yeah, because um, in the back in the back matter or in the intros of every um trade, his sign-off is Robert Kirkman in the back was of Kentucky. And then when he got uh, The Walking Dead, he, he changed it to from the backwoods of California because he moved. Oh, okay. That's a big change. Yeah. Good old Kentucky boy. Kentucky boy. I got a Kentucky boy. Maybe he always had like a future fantasy and he just wanted to slip it in. Yeah. Um, so in terms of, uh, villains, so who does Mark face off with in volume five? Uh, remind me. So, in the the very first issue, they have a little callback to the beginning of Invincible, where they um he actually fights the seismic guy. Do you remember oh, this really? guy? He was he was in the he was in the issue that was like a special issue where um Invincible fought with a couple other characters that Kirkman was doing. Yes, vaguely. Yep. So and then seismic makes an appearance in the beginning. So, Seismic is the just the initial bad guy. And he's only in it for one issue, I think. But it was just kind of cool to see a little callback on that. Mm-hmm. So, that was just the beginning of that. Um, but, as you go forward through the Seismic issue and everything like that, this is where it starts to get interesting because where we left off on um, Volume 4, Cecil, he found out that um, Cecil was taking some of the guys that Mark... Ooh was bringing in and using yeah. them. So even though Mark thought they were going to jail or whatever he thought they were doing, he was actually employing them. Now, he was employing them to, you know, do things for him, like, and, and do good things. Yeah, like, but, basically, uh, what we did with, like, the Nazis after World War Two. Yep. What, what? After World War Two, like, we got, like, a Nazi... Developed the, uh, I think the, the, the Manhattan Project. Oh, right. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I was like, wait, wait, what? Um, yeah, so he's basically, like, he finds out with, um, starts with, shit, what's this guy's name? All I can think of is Darkwing Duck. Yeah. Is his name Darkwing? I think it is. So Darkwing is, like, basically the Batman, almost kind of like a Batman. Yes. Like, ripoff? Kinda. I mean, his costume looks very similar. Pastiche. I think you mean pastiche. Yeah, and, and, you know, and like the city that Darkwing was in was like a 
Gotham, Gotham City. City. You know, like, it, mm-hmm. it kind of looked like that. But uh, Darkwing was actually, mur- like, straight murdering people in that city. Yep. Anybody who was a bad guy, he was just killing them. Definitely a commentary on Batman. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. So he was killing bad guys in there. So Dark, he finds out that Darkwing is working with Cecil, and that's when things kind of start going downhill with those two. Is is volume five? I'm sorry. Yeah. Although Mark, now, although Mark is too. Well, Mark isn't a murderer per se. He'll kill if he he feels that there's no choice. But he did, you know, in that last one, he killed, he did kill Levi. Well, in his head, he thinks he killed Levi. Right. But it's a comic, so nobody ever dies. I mean, but even with Levi, though, that's because Levi was legit threatening, like, his, his, his family. Oh, yeah, for sure. So that was a justifiable homicide, I would say. Yep. Um, now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is volume five where him and Cecil have have the big blow up? Yeah, this is the big blow up where um so after he finds like Darkwing and he's he's basically like beating the shit out of Darkwing, Cecil comes, tells him to stop, he's on their side. And that's where they bring him back and he sees the white room with all the reanimate in it. Yeah. Like, and they have this big ass blow up with it. And, and like didn't like Ryan Ryan Otley do like a whole issue like with like the the white Background and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Whole issue was there. coming back in is actually that shit was a pretty good. badass issue. It was because that, although I saw that coming, or maybe somebody spoiled that for me, but even but when it happened, bro, like I got like I felt what Mark was going through at the time. Like that's how good the writing is in this book. Mm-hmm. Because I was, although I saw it coming, because of course this is the government, this is the government, but I was hurt with Mark. Cause like that's actually a, a really big turning point. Cause uh, after that, that's when he starts working for um the government and goes freelance, right? Yep, yep. Because he's yep. and he's even he talks to some of the other guys too. And uh, I think Rex and Robot were ended up leaving with him. Yep. Black Samson, I think, was on there too. Yeah, five definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, five is a turning point. Yeah, five's a big turning point because that blow with Cecil. I mean, that changes a lot, man. It does. He stops being a part of it. Uh, oh, yeah, because Cecil had something in his, that thing in his ear that actually, uh, like, how yeah. did he Yeah, yeah, so he had that thing in his ear that, the implant in his ear that told him where all the shit was going down at so he could always go there was actually like a, I don't know, like a shocking device. Like, fucked with his head. It fucked his, it fucked him all up, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Thus far, that story arc and that issue in particular is probably top three. In the whole series, I would say, like, that's still top three. Yeah, that's a badass issue that with the white uh, background was fucking awesome. Yeah. Because that's when I, I feel like he went from a, a boy to a man, kind of. Because, like, oh, yeah. This is when, like, his rose colored glasses for the world get shattered. Everything he thought was right in the world and, he, and that he's been doing the right thing, he finds out that no, it's all shades of gray and the world this you see in front of you is fucked up. And it, it, it really does fuck with him for a like, while. the entirety of the series. Yeah. So far, you know, it's always like, call back to that. So this is, this really was, this was a huge issue. And, uh, and the third act, which you'll get soon here, uh, th- this actually, cause I'm thinking about it now, um, that has ripple effects until the very end of the series because, uh, again, this story 
is a story of a kid. This is fucking Corey Matthews, bro, with Boy Meets World. Oh, yeah. Boy Meets World, but a lot bloodier. A lot more bloody. Because, uh, what I think happened at the I end of that 8. I as hot as Topanga as well. Yeah, that's a good. I wonder if Adam Eve is based on Topanga. <laughs> Could be, man. But the part that you're at now in volume 8, you're kind of seeing how Mark, he, he's becoming a little bit ambiguous with the company that he keeps. Oh, yeah. It's starting to realize that. Like, okay. This shit season was doing, this is obviously a major spoiler alert, but every episode we do is a spoiler, so. Yep. Fuck it. Um, that season was probably right. I mean, it's like some of these people are useful. There's if you no, point them in the right direction. Yeah. There's no such thing as black and white. It's all says great. And then, because when we're kids, we're taught good and evil, right and wrong. But then as, as we become adults, we see that all of that shit is, is cap and kayfabe. We're all fucked the people. The government's mm-hmm. fucked up. Both sides of the aisle are fucked up. And then Lamarck, and that's part of Mark's journey from him being a naive little kid, although it, it, we saw it in volume one when his dad, who was this patriarchal figure and, and, and this altruistic figure turned out to be a fucking alien who, who said, fuck you and your bitch ass mama. <laughs> yeah. And that's what's it's, been happening to Mark ever since. Hey, this story really is pretty fucking sad, actually. Yeah, like it is. Really fucked up. It is fucked up, but it's so bright with the colors and the art, and then it's funny, but it is a fucked up story. That, that's what makes it, really it so is. good, man. There's so many layers to it. Because I forgot about that through-line plot. Yeah, it's about how he how he he starts off with a naive kid, and then he grows up and sees that, yeah, maybe sometimes you got to break bend some rules at least. Mm-hmm. And, and he struggled with being with being a good person, but seeing how the world around him is and what and what and what he can do to get things done without compromising like his soul, quote uh, quote unquote. Yeah, and one of my favorite characters actually ends up being um, like one of those guys where it's like, all right, he did some really fucked up things, but he could be useful. So in that, like the dinosaurus in volume eight. I think yeah. it was volume seven and eight. I really like that character. That ends up being a big turning point for him. Now, does he just pop up? And, yeah, because he, he pops up as what they think is a villain, but then, like, Mark talks to him and, and finds out that he's, he doesn't seem to be that bad, right? Oh, no, he did. He did. He fucking ruined some shit. <laughs> he killed a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, spoiler but alert. But he was doing it, he was doing it to. Kind of like. Kind of like on, kind of like on some Thanos shit, right? Some Thanos shit, yeah, exactly. That's what I was trying to think of. Some Thanos shit, yeah. Killing so, people to save the world. So Marvel, you owe uh, Robert Kirkman some money. Mm-hmm. Dinosaurs, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the first arc I'll say of the compendium is uh, is about dinosaurs because it picks up obviously like right where you dropped off is some more crazy shit happens some really crazy shit happens man I like dinosaurs I think it, I think he's a fucking sweet character but I, I think I just like the way he's drawn yeah I Ryan, think that's fucking awesome dude Ryan Ockley Ockley how many artists that you've seen can draw so many things so well and make it all work make competing yeah. themes work in a book aliens uh dinosaurs fucking dog scientist man and it all works. Yeah, yeah, right, for sure. It's, it's, yeah. Cause Dinosaurus in himself isn't like, kind of a weird character, but I think it's just the way he's drawn. Yeah, like I a just little claw like, and like shit. I just like the look of him. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. Um, so anyways, mm-hmm. 
what we find out um, after that is that so Mark breaks away from Cecil. Uh, they got Robot, Monster Girl, and Rex with Invincible. They kind of break off into their own thing. Because they, those, those are the main guys that quit from Cecil's, uh, coalition of whatever. Right. Global team. Uh, but, uh, Immortal stays and is still leading the charge with, like, Shapesmith, who is a fucking terrible character. Trash. And some other, uh, some other guys that are staying with them. The very next issue is when you see, um, Mark and Eve get together for real this time. Mm. Gets up in the so, good. That's, that's kind of when, it, yeah, he, well, he doesn't fuck her in this issue. Oh. Definitely ends up doing it. But in this issue, they, they, he like explains to her that no, the shit is real. It's not just because of what happened with Levi. So, and they get together for real this time. Yeah. Then they got an issue with, uh, God, I always forget this guy's name. Captain Britt. Britt. Yeah, Britt. Yeah. I, do, is his name Captain Britt or just No. Britt? Just Britt. Why do I always call him Captain Britt? I don't know. I think I call him <laughs> Captain Britt every episode. You definitely have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they got the Britt characters in there. Got some other shit going on. Uh, then we get into the new, this is where we get the new, um, costume. And, got that and black and blue. And what is the catalyst for him getting like a new costume? Cause I forgot. I think it was cause, well, shit got ripped with the sea sail. Cecil, Cecil, a fight like his costume got destroyed. Mm-hmm. So he goes to see the guy. Um, uh, what's his name? The guy that do, does all the costumes. Yeah, for it. can't think of his name either. But yeah, but like he's a mainstay, like in the book. Yep. And it wasn't really much of anything. It was really the the guy who made the costume just said he got bored, made a new one. And actually, yeah, you're right. You're right. Doesn't really like it that much. Yep, 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 yep. But that that is also a trope of superhero comic books, man. Because uh, that was his version of when Spider Man got the black costume, or, or like when Iron Man changes up like his armor. Because uh, this mm-hmm. is also, as we said before, it's a love letter to this comic books that he grew up on as a kid and the tropes of those comic books. Because uh, pretty soon, if not in this one, then in Volume Six. He gets replaced by a black character in his costume, like John Stewart, Green Lantern, and like it's actually uh, volume eight. But it just happened. Oh, it just happened. Shit. Yep, it just that volume eight. Yep. Damn. I just read that part. But that is a trope that's from the seven, no seventies and eighties. Like John Stewart took over for Hal Jordan, but back then was a big deal. And then you had Rhodey take over for Tony Stark in the eighties. So, um, so because of that, Kirkman saw that as a trope. So he. He wanted to replace his main character with a black dude. And yeah. that's, and that's gonna blow up in Mark's face anyway. But, if that's an eight, I think it has already, hasn't it? Like in the background? Not yet. Okay, so, no, in the beginning of the compendium, he I, does I, some I fucked up shit. Happen, they, were, they were spending some, a, a lot of time on this dude. And I'm like, why are they spending so much time with this dude? Like, mm-hmm. giving him a backstory and stuff. And, like, something's going to happen with this guy, for sure. His backstory is actually pretty interesting, though. Yeah, I mean, so far it was. But I'm like, they're giving this dude a lot of talk that I've never even heard of this guy before. Always in the background doing shit. Like, with yeah, his uh, cornrows. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, 
Okay, so there's some playing down to do. Yeah, so really, he just got bored, made him a new costume, and then he gave Omni. What do you call him? Let's see if we can go. Let's see if I can look really quick and see what they call him. They call him Omni Boy or not? Sorry, just looking for. Uh, he actually called them both. Okay. Kid Omni Man and Omni Boy. Because saying kid is a trope for a lot of teenage superheroes too, especially like in the eighties and like in Britain and shit. They are typically called like there's Kid Miracle Man, like I said before, Kid Flash, and Kid Thor. Kid Thor, yeah. I kind of prefer the kid, uh, not surname, but like the kid in front of the name versus boy. Yep. I don't know why. Because actually, Invincible calls him Omni Boy, and then he corrects him and goes, "No, it's Kid Omni Man." He's like, oh, "Whatever, <laughs> just don't call me by my real name." <laughs> so yeah, so he gets into a costume. He starts actually fighting alongside of uh, Invincible for a couple of different fights. Mm, nice. But he's not. He and that's where you kind of see like Oliver doing his own shit. Kind of go goes off and just starts fucking beating the shit out of people, and uh, is pretty reckless with the way he. Um, fights bad guys. So it's fuck these humans. Yeah, you kind of get the hint that Oliver might not be the same superhero that Invincible is. But then, so they, so they spent some time as like, kind of like a duo, really. Mm-hmm. Little team. And then, uh, the, the twins come back. And this was actually one of my favorite drawings. Uh, one of my favorite pictures. I don't know if you'll remember. But the twins come back, and Oliver ends up fighting them. And Oliver pushes his hand, like, does, like, a punch through one of the twins' chest. Damn. And, like, all of the intestines and shit are coming out of the back of it. It's, like, one of the best drawings <laughs> that I, like, one of my favorite ones, like, intestines are flying, and there's blood fucking everywhere. And it's one of the coolest drawings that I've seen in that. Because it would not be invisible unless we saw somebody's innards. Oh, it's just fucking everywhere. And What's then, the art? And then, like, the page after that, he punches the other twin in the head. You see his eyeball pop out and shit. It's, like, fucking gruesome shit. He gives out. no fucks. No, he, he, so, that's when he sees, like, Oliver. Is just, uh, and, and he's not doing it to be bad. He's just, like, like, I don't, why are we not killing these guys? They're clearly right. bad people. Like, I don't get it. So you see, like, the alien side of him where, like, he doesn't understand that. These guys did something really terrible, but we just want to capture them. So he just fucking mm-hmm. kills them. And he doesn't understand why that's not, that's an issue. And the Mauler twins are obviously a recurring, they're probably the most recurring background villain of the book. And I don't like them that much. I don't hate them either. Like, I'm just kind of indifferent towards them, but they yeah, pop up a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Is this the last time that did he really kill them? I can't remember. No. Because nobody ever really died, but. Are are you talking about like the uh rat rat fusion group nerd? No one ever really dies. <laughs> Maybe, man. I don't know. But uh, don't they clone themselves though? They do, but I th- I can't remember if that's already happened or not. I can't either, but they definitely come back up again. If I'm not by volume know. eight, definitely in the compendium. You know what I never really understood the significance of is like the um. The gangs with the, uh, they pop up in here too. 
the guy that can turn himself into rock. And like the Chinese guy. Yeah, yeah. Honestly. I never really understood the significance of those guys. And that goes nowhere. Even now. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah it doesn't really bleed anywhere. Because I'm pretty sure that in the compendium, that storyline just gets abandoned. The yeah, only... I felt like they were trying to go somewhere, then they were just like, fuck it. I mean, but I, I suspect that, that Kirkman kind of forgot about it, and then he juggling so many fucking places at the same time in this book, along with his other books, then by volume five, I think that's when he started, he started to expand and do more books in that same universe concurrently, and volume five is probably around the time that The Walking Dead was kind of being shopped to, um, TV networks too, so, he got busier, and so okay. that storyline goes nowhere, and as well as we said before, the uh, Mary Kay Letourneau. <laughs> the which one? Uh, Mary Kay Letourneau is a teacher who fucked that student back when we were kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I didn't man, you know the name and shit. Damn. Bro, because as a kid, that shit fucked me up, because like, the kid that she fucked was around our age. You were just like, it fucked me up. Fuck me? <laughs> Dude, uh, in seventh grade, there was a rumor that my band teacher was fucking students, so I won't say her name to protect her, but she had a wagon, bro. I was so <laughs> jealous that I, I didn't get the fuck. I was heated. That's fucked up, man. We should She had a wagon. No, no, it, yeah, it's confirmed, bro, because she went to jail for oh, fucking a different student. Yeah, no, not no. the one that we thought she was fucking, but a different student. And, and I honestly think that happens way fucking more often than we think. And I think it's more female teachers fucking these dudes than dudes fucking I like do. the girls. It's definitely like the female teacher. But dude, hey, bro, uh, so like this is obviously tangible people in the audience. And if you listen to the network and, and know where I grew up, you can probably guess who, who this person was. But anyway, uh, she got caught because her emotions got the best of her. I'm not the type of person like to put that and say, oh, women is emotional, but she got mad because this student who was like in seventh grade got an F on a test, right? And she slapped him. And she said, oh. you're ruining your future. <laughs> How can we be together if you're getting Fs? So she said, bitch. Be <laughs> she said, bitch, you done fucked up. So he told his mom at the school because she slapped him. Because he got oh, an F. My fucking God. She fucked up her whole life and her, and, and her source of dick because she got emotional because a seventh grader got an F. God. How are you going to have a future? He's a, that's a kid. That's a kid. He, got, he had a lot of time to make up for that elf he got. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. That's fucked up, dude. <laughs> that is a true story. Like, 100% true. Because, dude. I don't even like it. As a seventh grader, I, I don't know if I could have, like, grasped that situation. If a, if a teacher came up to me and wanted to fuck me. I dreamt about it. I dreamt about it all the time, but if it actually happened, I probably could. I mean, in seventh grade, I cannot have handled any any girl and pussy. No, there's no way. No. No way. Like, there's no way I could have did that. The wind blew and I was done. (laughs) Like, a strong gust of wind blew by me and I was, it's a wrap. Like, Uh, now you want me to do it for real? (laughs) Now, um, I've got to tell you this story, man, and then let's probably close up for me. Uh, uh, like probably gotta, probably gotta get back to the family shit. But yeah. so then all of the details came out. Apparently, she would pick him up from school and said that she'd been a good teacher and take him home. So then I'm not sure if, if you've ever been to Buena Vista. Probably not. Yeah, I've been. 
Okay, so right by the high school, well, kind of by the high school on Holland, there was like a plaza um, that that had, at the time, a Kmart there, uh, like a giant grocery store, uh, a black hair care store, but she would take him behind that building and suck his dick. Jesus, man. She was down for the cause, bro. That's unbelievable. Taking him home, stop off at Kmart, suck his dick behind the Kmart store, and then take him home. I mean, I can't imagine being in that kid's head. I bet that kid is like, probably... what the fuck is happening to me? Because <laughs> here's that's the thing. That's gonna be just a wild ride. Even if he's all for it, if you're that young, that's gonna fuck you up mentally. It's got to, right? He's probably a deviant now. He can only get off if he stabs a bitch now. Well, now, like... And, not to mention, the the first woman you fuck is in jail now. She's out, though. Well? She got out probably at this point ten years ago. And I kind of wanted to find her and fuck her. Cause, because I'm a grown man now. Because you, you say, I gotta see what I was missing when I was seventh grade. <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> Yeah, that definitely crazy. Um, okay, so back to Invincible, but that ties in because that's what could have happened to Oliver. It could, maybe that's why he's fucked up. He don't care no more. That's a good point. He could have got his dick sucked behind, um, whatever place Mark worked in the first volume. <laughs> that with that burger. <laughs> that burger place. That burger joint. <laughs> <laughs> um. So we'll end it with. A couple of things. Uh, Levi is back. Of course. We all knew he wasn't going to die. But they actually had this cool, um, cool, cool plot in here, or cool, <laughs> like, page, where they show all these different versions of Invincible. Kind of dope. Okay. That's also important, because that's, that pops up in the compendium, too. That's actually mm-hmm. very important. They got Invincible, or Mark Grayson with a mustache, of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. They got a couple different, like, alien versions. Him with a mohawk. Him looking exactly like Nightwing. Him looking like Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So they got some pretty sweet shit with that. Um, the Rex, uh, not Rex, but the Monster Girl and Robot story starting to take place there. Nice. Like, are they on, like, a different planet yet? No, 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 no. They're still kids. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, Eve starts forming the Invincible... Ink or some shit? Uh, ink. Yep, Heroes for Hire. She's, yeah, basically that's all it is. She's just doing like the business part of that. And then the, the volume ends with, um, uh, the, the guy that has like a suit that is like electric and, and he's angry at Invincible for like his sister dying during his fight with Omni-Man. He becomes kind of a big thing. I vaguely remember this guy. He's got a couple different plot subplots that happen in a couple of volumes, but basically he's he's obsessed with Invincible, uh, killing Invincible for what he did. Anybody has when sex, Invincible, my sister's gonna be me. Look, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, like this might jog your memory. He ties up the the kid and his wife, or maybe it's his sister. Yes. Yep. Yep. And yep. And, and it tricks Invincible to come and try and save them, uh, and and then he ends up. Trying to kill Invincible in in the process kills those two. Yep. And yep. still fucking blames it on Invincible. I, yep. 
I do remember that now. Which is also a comic book trope that we've seen, but he flips it. He Kirkman has a, a good knack of subverting our expectations. Yep. I and that's the end of it. That was the last issue on that. Mm. Yeah, so Volume 5 was a really good issue. I mean, Volume. Now, uh, was there any Veltramite shit? I think in Volume 5 there isn't, is there, besides the shit with Buck Howler? Which is cool. He took a break from all that shit for probably a year. Because, like, about, what, 10 to 13 issues in there, right? Yeah. Oh, you know what? We we missed the issue of uh, Astounding Wolfman. There was an Astounding Wolfman issue. Yeah, but if, if I remember correctly, it was trash, right? I mean, it wasn't great. Yeah. It wasn't great. It's kind of a, like, I don't know. And it could have been kind of trash because, obviously, we don't read that series. And it I was, was going to say, because it, it was a real Astounding Wolfman issue. issue. That was just Half as a hat, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think like that doesn't Mark pop up, like, maybe two pages or, or some shit? Like, no, he's in it for the most part, and he takes him to uh, Cecil. Oh, yes, 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 They yes, actually yes, fight yes. the reanimum. Yes, you're right, yeah. But I've heard that Astounding Wolfman and Super Dinosaur are the two best spinoff book. well, Invincible Universe books. Oh, okay. I wouldn't mind reading the Super Dinosaur shit. And your kids might like that, too, because like, those are like the smaller digest volume sizes, too. Cause like, that's a, that's a Kirkman's kid book. Oh shit, you know what we missed in here? Um, this is the last, I'm pretty sure this is the last we hear of Amber, but Amber got the shit beat out of her by her new life. Oh! Yeah. And Mark ends up going over there, and then they have the, him and Eve kind of get into it a little bit, but then it all kind of pans out, but I, I forgot about that. That was like a really small subplot, but I think that's the last time we hear about Amber, is that dude punched her right in the eye. Small for us, but life-altering for her. She probably fucked up to this day in the comic universe. She did the whole, he didn't mean to. Uh-huh. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. If Mark would just stay with her, it would never happen. Damn, I, I don't know how I missed a bunch of this shit. Eve, they have sex for the first time, too. Eve and nice. Mark. Nice. Does Kirk Mill pull away from him like he normally does? Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> no, there's an issue with the Vulture and uh, Alan Alien and uh, Omni-Man escaping from prison. Mm, yeah, because um, honestly... With Battle Beast. Battle Beast is in this one, too. Yeah, that was fucking sweet. Yeah, because isn't this the first time that Battle Beast kind of uh, meets Alan? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And they meet him in prison. Yes, and they're going to have like a have an ongoing, like, feud, kind of. And then, because, I think from volume four to maybe volume six or seven, it's like a very small subplot with, like, the Bilter Mites, right? Like, it's not heavy yet. You know, probably, like, not, yeah. not very much at all, because, uh, they do go to space, but not typically for Bilter Mites shit. No, this, this Bilter Mite, the only issue they had with Bilter Mite is, um, uh, Omni-Man, Alan Alien and Battle Beast. So Omni, or Alan Alien and uh, Battle Beast actually break Omni Man out of prison. Yep, yep, yep. And yep. Uh, there's some sweet ass fight scenes in this. Yep. There's actually one where uh, uh, 
Alan and uh, Omni Man punch Voltramite, and they both punch him on each side of the face. His head explodes. Pretty fucking sweet. I think I remember that too. Yeah, I think that I think that covered everything. Though. All the important shit, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So as always, now I think you said that volume four was kind of weak for you, right? I went. I mean, weak for in terms of Invincible. Which is still, like, lead, like, hand and shoulders above, like, most comics. Anything I've read. <laughs> but it sounds like... I'm sorry, go ahead. Yep, yep. This one, I mean, they didn't really miss in this volume. That's what it sounds like. Every, almost every issue was a banger. Of greatest hits. Yeah, I mean... The guy with uh, the wife and kid that tied up and he killed them. Not my favorite. Yeah. But... Other than that, I'm trying to see any other. No, I mean everything in there. That 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 was an important volume too. All yeah. of them have like important stuff in it, but volume five has uh, a lot. One that continues through all the volumes, really. Yeah, because like as you know, like the Cecil shit is big. That like that's probably the second biggest status quo status quo change of the book. The first one being like when his dad say, "Hey, I- I'm a." I'm a villain, basically. And this is a, probably the second biggest one. I, yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. That's a that's a big story change right there. It shakes everything up, and everything else that comes in the series is is all due to this fallout. Yep. Yeah, yep, the break... Because I mean, it broke up, like, superhero... Like, uh, teams, too. Yeah. So it wasn't just Invincible that it fucked up. And... Before we get out of here, I wonder which volume kind of ties into Guardians of the Globe. Cause, uh, there, there's two series. One was on like, one was six issues, one was like 12. Uh, so if you're, if it's currently the show's on volume five, I gotta say, when Invincible, spoiler alert, kind of starts fucking with the government again, probably volume six or seven, right? And that might be seven and eight, to be okay. honest. I want to say that's when the first volume of that book comes out. Because I think part of their deal was that Mark have his own team or something like that, right? Mark does his own shit. And he has been since pretty much this volume. But I wonder if it's when um, Robot comes back. I think you might be right. Charge of it, I think you might be right. Which would be volume eight. Maybe the tail end of seven. Yeah. Because I know that... That would make sense. Uh, because Britt is a leader on the first volume. So that's probably right around five or six then. Yeah, because, well, when when Robot comes back in the later issues, he's like, uh... He's actually in charge of, like, every team. Yeah. Yep. I wonder if that's when that starts. I'm thinking that that's probably volume two. I think volume one was when the world was like a little more bright and sunny. Okay. So I'm thinking probably like around this time or so, because uh, or even earlier, because Brit Brit is currently well in volume five before shit gets fucked up. Isn't Brit kind of like the uh field leader? Kinda, yeah. He he pops up in a lot of like battles where Mark shows up and he's like kind of leading the team. Yeah. But okay, um, so looks like were we ranking the volumes before? We haven't yet. We were giving them um 
Junk Iron Man, but that's it. Junk Iron Man. Okay, so would you prefer to just get us one of a Drunk Iron Man, or do you think because we're inviting five, like that's a nice little chunk, probably the first, little over the first half, well, first third rather, should we rank them so far, or just do like a Drunk Iron Man? All we can do, time. well, Drunk Iron Man, I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10. Yeah. For sure, because, I mean, it just, they don't miss me. No. He doesn't miss anything. Um, More slaps than the Beatles. volume, though. Man, it's hard not to put volume one as, as the top, because you just, that's where it all begins. Shit's so good. Which one did that, was it volume three? No, maybe it was my last volume I didn't like as much. Hmm? Was it the last volume that I didn't like as much? Volume yes. four? Yep. Four. Okay, that one's gonna be obviously bottom. my bottom one. I'd probably go one, two, five, three, four. Hmm. I think I would do Five so far as number one. Then volume two is number two. Volume one is number three. Then volume three is number four. Then volume four is number five. Yeah. Uh, a best or worst. Because, um, the, the origin story is always fun, but once they, but once the origin story is out of the way, and, and like, you get, like, right story, I kind of prefer that. Yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair. But, I mean, you can't go wrong with pretty much any of the volumes. No. Except for four. There's nothing wrong with four. It's just in comparison. Really, it's just, yeah. For sure. But, um, alright. Um, so that's it for volume five. We'll be back in July, August for the next volume. And like I said before, we'll probably be recording that whole actually in the, in person, in the studio. Um, but that is about it for my end. Anything else you want to say, bro? Nope, I'm good. All right, so that's the show. We'll see you next time. Okay, so now that we're off the show, so that lady's name was.